0: Hello, I'm Scott Brown with Christian Leadership Alliance, and I want to welcome you to the Outcomes Conference podcast. This podcast brings the kind of excellent leadership insights offered at the annual Outcomes Conference to leaders like you year-round. This is where leaders invest in leaders for greater kingdom impact. Today's episode is brought to you by iDonate iDonate is the digital giving provider designed to give your nonprofit everything it needs to build long-term giving relationships. Learn more at idonate.com. In this podcast, you'll discover what leaders are doing today, what they're learning, and what they think matters most for a leader like you. Now, please welcome our Outcomes Conference podcast host. Jim, and Martha Brangenberg from at iWorkForHim
1: or online at iWorkForHim.com. Hey, thanks, Scott. Martha and I are excited to host the Outcomes Conference podcast. Every podcast is dedicated to you, our Outcomes Conference podcast listener. We have an incredible conversation coming up today with Ray Gary with idonate.com. We'll be focusing on leadership, thriving, and of course, the related outcomes. Ray Gary, welcome to the Outcomes Conference podcast.
2: Thank you for having
1: me. We're excited to have you here. And, you know, before we get started talking about your leadership role at I Donate and a perspective of what God is doing through you to lead a thriving environment at I, at I Donate, tell us how you personally keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered each and every day.
2: Sure. No, I appreciate the question. I'd say it kind of involves around two to three things that I do consistently every every morning. And um, I I kind of have a little combination of either devotionals, scripture reading, or videos of two or three teachers that I follow for different reasons, some that inspire me, some that are great educators. And uh, so I'm very consistent with uh, how I started my day. I think number two, um, our church model has, is a community group model, and we take that accountability very seriously, both at the couple level as well as, the, as the, at the men level. And so there's a there's a lot of accountability there in our community group, which which sort of keeps you grounded and centered. And then the three, I think, is just a practice that I got into years ago when I decided it was much better to start my day with having God go before me instead of going in front of Him. And so uh, I, I learned I learned that it's much better even in the little things, whether there's meetings or things like a podcast or. Whatever it is that we've got going for the day, I've, I've learned that it's best just to start and ask God to go before me. It seems to work much better than me running out in front of Him.
3: Well, it sounds like you've, you have your day set up very well. And I think a lot of people will, you know, maybe it's just even a good prompting. Like, yes, those are great ways to start the day. So thanks for sharing that with us. So tell us about what thriving really means to you personally.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a contrarian answer to that. I mean, I think in, when we're talking about I donate, I think a lot of times we'll talk about uh, I donate or business success or leadership or things like that, but a little bit of a different answer that, that you may not expect. But thriving to me is more about sort of the feeling I get through sustained obedience. In other words, uh, I feel like I'm thriving as a person who happens to be a, a believer when I go through these periods of being very faithful and very consistent in obedience, because what that does for me is that gives me sort of a, not an arrogance, but a confidence and assuredness that I think works from the inside out. And so I, I don't think I need to be overwhelmed or consumed with a business success or a number or metric, which are all very, very important. But I think it starts by being sort of centered at in our identity and and who we are and kind of I don't know. I just feel like that I thrive as a person when I get that right first. Um, So maybe a little different answer than what you're expecting, but uh, that's what thriving means to me is having that peace and assuredness daily. It's almost more important than that is more important than worldly success.
1: How tell us how I donate enables you to help those you serve thrive. So in other words, how, how are you making sure that those you serve through the ministry? and the business of I Donate to Thrive.
2: Yeah. Now, uh, we're a software company. We, we provide digital giving platforms for ministries, churches, and nonprofits. And that's what we do for a living. Um, as I like to say, we're not fundraisers. There are people that are really, really good at fundraising. That's a practice and a discipline in and of itself. We're, we're technologists. And the, the um, analogy that I like to use is we make a camera. We're not a photographer. So- mm-hmm. There is an art to photography, you know. You need you need to understand, kind of like today, you need to understand lighting and how you crop an image. And you know, do we take that picture at 714 in the morning based upon where the sun is or not? And then there's the camera. And so we we what we do is we focused on building the greatest camera in the world and put it in the hands of people that really know how to take great pictures. So we see ourselves as being sort of relentless at trying to make the best giving experiences you can possibly make. As a matter of fact, our mission statement says we help nonprofits stand out by delivering incredible giving experiences so that their donors, when they come to give, and to give, they have a great experience. They feel like it's simple, secure, uh, maybe even joyful um, when they go to engage with that nonprofit or that ministry.
3: That's, that's quite a hefty uh, statement there that you're living up to. So So let's take that into the culture of your company. A lot of companies have to try, you know, a lot of trial and error to try to get to a place where they find the right ways to create a sustaining, you know, thriving culture. What does that look like at iDonate? What are you you doing that's having the greatest impact?
2: You know, I get that question a lot. As a matter of fact, we talk about it at our board level quite a bit, and, Mm -hmm. and it's been super popular and and not just popular, but important to talk about over the last 12 to 15 months or so with everything that's been going on. For sure. I think the main thing, it, it starts that you have to be authentic about caring about people. You know, there's lots of different philosophies for What's the right answer? Uh, how do we engage? How do we practice going to work and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, it's about authenticity and, and about caring about the people first. Uh, you know, one of the things that I did is immediately when we went into lockdown is, you know, we had everybody go home. But I actually wrote a personal letter every week, I think every Friday, and just sort of recapping the week to everybody. I talked about what's going on in the sort of the political world, what's going on in the company, and just tried to be an encouragement to keep people connected. Um, so I think that's part of it. And the other thing that we're really Focused on around here, and we have been since we started the company, is trying to connect our people to the field. Um, uh, You know, that's while we don't actually go do the work on the ground, like we say, there are boots on the ground. We try to make great boots for the people that are on the ground. And so we try to keep our people connected to the field by having a customer come and speak to us or having a customer zoom in, talking about their mission. We have our people go out and connect and do volunteer projects for the nonprofits and ministries we serve so that they can understand, you know what, if the software is not great or the experience is not great, it's having a direct impact on the boots on the ground. (laughs) Wow.
1: Those are some great words. We're going to hear more from Ray Gary from idonate.com right here on the Outcomes Conference podcast in just a minute. Hang on.
2: I'm Ray Gary, the founder and the CEO of iDonate. At iDonate, we're focused on helping you deliver great digital giving experiences that today's donors love enabling you to reach more, convert more, and even retain more. It's a digital giving system like no other. For more information, you can find us at idonate.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference podcast. Today, we're talking with Ray Gary from iDonate, the founder and CEO of idonate.com. I recommend that you check him out, idonate.com. All right, Ray, the last 12 to 18 months, been a little rough, <laughs> that's just you know a little rough. So much has happened to all of us over these last twelve to eighteen months. What changes have you made in the last year personally or professionally that helped you keep focused on your mission as a leader?
2: Well, again, I think that's another fantastic question. I, I think for for me, it starts with uh, just developing a deeper empathy, empathy for personal situations. You know what we've been through over the last twelve to fifteen months or so. And we're still going through not it's it's not the same for everybody. And I'm for better or for worse, I'm wired to say, you know what, things are not that bad. Let's just get to work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that 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 doesn't work. And that's not really realistic. And so I think one of the things that I've been taught over the last 12 months or so is just developing a deeper empathy for everyone's situation who is unique and different. Everybody um, kind of goes through these things in a different way. And um, so that's one big thing. I think the other thing that's alongside what we've been through from a pandemic standpoint is just, you know, these cultural wars that we're in now, they're, they are real. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to, as believers that are leaders more than ever, have to take clear positions on things like this, because um, uh, we're, we're, we're in a battle and it is a real battle. And so um, I think we've been um, sort of charged by making a, clear statement on truth. Mm. Wow, great. Love that.
3: So, talk to us about what you have experienced as one of your greatest challenges during the last 12 or 18 months.
2: Well, I think I think like most people it's it's um, two, twofold. One, how do you manage culture in a completely virtual world and then how do you how do you sort of work in that world? Now, we had a little bit of advantage as a tech company. We already had a little bit of a hybrid model, several of our people in different offices, and we had we had virtual days. We had Mondays and Fridays already before COVID even came. So mm-hmm. we were already kind of ramped up and had the tools and were equipped for that. So this hybrid already existed. Um, but that it's just a challenge to feel connected to people when you're always in this sort of virtual way, which is why I don't think that it's sustainable over time. I think people will eventually get back together, even if it's in a hybrid way. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other side that people don't always talk about, people always talk about their employees, which is super, super important. But there's another component, which is the clients. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said, you know, we've had net promoter scores that are phenomenal every year. And then last year they were down and we didn't do anything different other than the fact that we didn't go out and see them. And so (laughs) there, there there is an impact of sort of going out and pressing flash or speaking to people face to face that I think matters over time I don't think it's sustainable not to do that the physical relationships
1: this you know and when you're out seeing clients they just relationships matter and, and they tried to tell you all year long the relationships don't matter we're fine digital's fine uh, but it's it's just not true God created us to be in relationship not only with each other but of course with him so what do you think's been your greatest breakthrough in the last 12 to 18 months, the thing that you feel best about accomplishing.
2: Well, and if you don't mind me, just picking up on what you said, I, I, that's why I'm so excited about CLA going to a real conference. Is um, as, you can, as you know, I mean, conferences are made about relationships in the hallways and conversations you have one-on-one with people. And so I think everybody's about had enough of all these virtual trade shows. And so I'm, I'm really excited that CLA is, is going to be in, in person. But in terms of a breakthrough... Um, It's a very spiritual thing. It's not necessarily a business thing, which is, I think for me in the last year, is just really understanding that the presence of God is as important as the favor. You know, I think I'm always, as being a transactional kind of guy, I'm always uh, thinking in terms of God's favor and wanting to make sure that we always have God's favor on life and business and things we do. But what I've found is the presence is probably as important, if not more important, than the favor. Because whether the favor comes in the way that I wanted it to come or in the timing that I wanted it to come, as long as you have that presence of God and and you've and and you feel that, it really doesn't matter about the other. The other almost becomes secondary.
3: So when you learn things like that, whether it's that idea or something else, and you really want to impress that upon your own staff is there something that you um, maybe give us an example of something you've shared with them as you've learned for yourself and then you've you know tried to pass that on to your employees
2: it, that is a fantastic question and i and I I would be less than uh, genuine if I said I did that often enough and and you've prompted me to think about how to do that more I do that sometimes I as a matter of fact, we had a leadership conference just two weeks ago, and I was sharing with them about my favorite scripture in the Bible and of why it impresses me, and, 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 and we talked about that. But in terms of sort of these wisdom insights, uh, as my wife would say, I don't know why you're not sharing them with our, your kids more, but it's, it's a it's a great question, and it's something you probably prompted me to think about how we would do that more. But I'm certainly, certainly not shy about doing that, and it's, it's a great idea. Yeah. And so
1: often we experience things. We we read a book for ourselves or we listen to a podcast for ourselves or we, you know, we we hear a speech and we're like, ah, oh, I want all my people to hear this. I want them all to experience this because it'll impact all of our culture at the same time. And sometimes it just and, and when you tell your people that, wow, this really touched me, they're going to want to hear because they're like, well, what what touches Ray? Well, I want it to touch me because it's impacting our entire company. I, I, I love that. And then that's a transparency, vulner, vulnerability thing too, as a leader, when you're like, this touched me, I want to share it with you. Do you ever get a yeah. chance to really pass that kind of stuff on?
2: Yeah, sometimes. And as I was saying a minute ago, I mean, the presence thing um, is not something that's obvious, but, but when you think about it for a minute, it makes perfect sense because if if you're at peace with the presence and you're assured that he's always with you and he's certainly faithful, You don't get as wrapped up around what the actual outcome is or the timing of it. And and people in business, particularly people like me that are wired very transactional, we tend to focus on the outcome, Not, not to use your name of your podcast here, but we tend to focus on when is it going to happen? How is it going to happen? What is it going to look like? And I think God for us just sometimes says, "Why don't you just sort of enjoy my presence, relax? I'm with you, and it'll work out according to my timing, which in my way, which is probably better than yours anyway."
3: So let's talk about that in the transaction that you at I donate. You're serving Christian nonprofits, helping them to um, get more um, support for their mission. And I can imagine that that feels thankless sometimes. So when we come back, we want to hear a story maybe of a way that you've been able to see your clients thrive.
1: You're listening to the Outcomes Conference podcast with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we talked with Ray Gary from I Donate. Check them out online, idonate.com. It's the software you need to help make giving to your organization super easy, wonderful, enjoyable, and joyful,
2: as Ray Gary said. We'll be right back. What if you could stop the never-ending search for new donors and develop long-lasting relationships with your current donors? Connected Giving by IDonate is just that. It's a donor retention and engagement strategy that transforms one-time donations into sustainable and recurring giving through intentional and consistent donor experiences. For more information, you can find us at idonate.com. Hey, welcome back to the
1: Outcomes Conference Podcast. Today, we're talking with Ray Gary from iDonate, the sponsor of all of the Outcomes Conference Podcasts. iDonate is a phenomenal organization. We've been digging a little deeper with its CEO and founder. Make sure you check them out online, idonate.com. Perhaps they're the, the organization for you to help facilitate the giving to from all of your people into your organization. Martha.
3: So, Ray, right, right, right before the break, I was asking, you know, Give us an example or something that you've been able to experience where you've seen your client thrive because of what you're doing at IDonate.
2: Yeah, that's. Um, I, I really appreciate that question. There's a there's a number of technical things that I would give an answer to which nobody would care about. But I, I think <laughs> one of the one of the one one of the ways which I think is very relevant today is you know, we you know we provide web giving and peer to peer giving, event text giving, all the different forms of digital giving. But what we're finding today, with sort of changes in demographics and just sort of the way things have been deinstitutionalized, and when my father and my grandfather, you, when they get as they get give and used to give, it wasn't anything to write a blank check to an institution. You'd write a blank check to Billy Graham, or you'd write a blank check to your local church or hospital or whatever. And people just don't think that way anymore. And so I think one of the things we're able to do with technology, particularly things like peer-to-peer is allow people to sort of frame up their value propositions in a way that really resonates with today's audience. Because today's audience is not a blank check kind of rider. They're, they're a, hey, I want to understand the impact. I want to see uh, what I'm giving to, and I want to see a value proposition that resonates with me. Um, I'm just not somebody that's willing to send in a blank check because I'm just not wired that way. So we, we use our technology a lot in different use cases to f- sort of frame up the ask or frame up the cause in such a way that resonates with the donor. And that's really made a big difference.
1: Hmm. You know, but sometimes when you serve other people in order to help them serve other people, it sometimes can be a thankless job. Do you ever get discouraged or does, I mean, how does it make it feel?
2: Never. I mean, to be honest with you, I've never even thought about that. Um, I've believed since day one, this was my calling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've believed that, you know, my job is to make the, the boots on the ground better. Uh, one of the the quotes that I use as sort of my quote or my mantra is, uh, you know, the Martin Luther quote, which is the Christian shoemaker doesn't do his duty by putting little crosses on shoes. He does his duty by making great shoes. Mm-hmm. And so I've always thought and I've always loved whoever said it is that excellence honors God and inspires others. And so I wake up every single day just relentlessly passionate about how do we make excellence that honors God and inspires others with what we do? Because maybe I'm not the best in the world at being on the ground, being in hand-to-hand combat, but if I could make the boots on the ground's lives better, then that's what my calling is. And so it's it's easy to wake up every single day, and it's easy to never get discouraged because we can always make a pixel better.
3: <laughs> that's so great. So let's give you a, an opportunity right now to share that calling that God has given you, through the Outcomes Conference and the um, Christian Leadership Alliance, one of the things that's really a core value is having leaders help invest in the other leaders with what they already know. So what is something right now, a leadership idea or um, something that you can pass on as an investment to the listeners of this podcast?
2: I think the most important thing is that uh, we have to go back to the basics and the foundation that Leadership is not about some management fad or some management book or some new technique that always somebody's looking for mm-hmm. today more than ever. Leadership is about values, and if it doesn't start from the inside out, uh, it doesn't really matter what you're doing on the outside. Uh, the values have to be there. I don't really, um, and and it has to be rooted in truth. And, you know, we have to balance that with grace and love. Certainly in today's world, that's even more important. But if you, I don't really know of any other way to lead today. And I don't know if anything any more important than leading based upon values.
1: When you say, you know, you talk
2: about values and you got to come from the inside out. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I think you need to know who you are. You know what principles you stand for. And I think you have to be willing in a really difficult environment like today, and I was just with a friend at lunch talking about this very subject, um, you have to be able to stand and take decisions that sometimes aren't unpopular. We, we, we live in a world today where even sometimes our credit card processor doesn't want to process for a ministry because they don't believe their mission or they believe that maybe they're not diverse enough, or maybe they don't share their worldview. And so, you know, that not only affects our customers, but that it starts infecting affecting employees and partners you know, who you're surrounded with. Maybe people will want to work for you or not work for you based upon your values. But it's much easier to wake up every single day knowing who you are than waking up and reading the newspaper or watching the news and and letting somebody else decide who you are every day. And uh, I think this is more important than we get grounded and lead from those core values. Otherwise, we're just going to be a candle in the wind, I guess.
3: So you know, a lot of the uh, nonprofits that are that participate with the Christian Leadership Alliance probably already know what their values are. But um, you know, did you have some insight early on? Did you know for yourself and for I donate what they were going to be, or has has that been a process over the years?
2: No, I think it's I think it's evolved somewhat. I, I think that uh, you know we we wrestle some with about how narrow our charter should be. We we serve. We serve both faith-based organizations and non-faith-based organizations. Now, you know, we have a, a filter for that. I mean, there are they can't be a, antithetical to the family or our, or our worldview. Mm. Um, so as Galatians says, I think it's 4-6, you know, do good to everybody, especially the house of faith. And that's kind of a verse that we've taken to heart is, we love doing work for Christian ministries. As I say, I, I don't know how biblically accurate this is or not, but as I say, you know, there's a difference between water and living water. And, you know, there's there's good that these organizations do, which is great. And we're very supportive of them. And I think people should, but there's difference when you're actually doing those services in the name of Jesus, because there's an eternal consequence with that. Right. So we we we've really, I think, began to focus more and more on, how do we lift up those organizations and help them? Not because we think they're better people or anything like that, but the mission is more eternal and um, and they become more and more important to us. Fabulous words.
1: Thank you, Ray Gehring from idonate.com for being on the Outcomes Conference podcast today.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: And to you, our Outcomes Conference podcast listeners, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this podcast inspired you to think higher and deeper about thriving for a greater kingdom impact.
3: Be sure to visit ChristianLeadershipAlliance.org, where you can stay up to date by subscribing to the Outcomes online newsletter and the CLA Higher Thinking blog.
1: If you're not already a member, what are you waiting for? Join the Christian Leadership Alliance today, ChristianLeadershipAlliance.org.
3: Remember, the wisdom in this podcast came to you on its way from someone else. If you loved it, stay, say so and share it today with a friend. I'm Jim. I'm Martha.
1: We'll see you again for the next episode of the Outcomes Conference podcast.